Hello, I'm Rob Beckett. And I'm Josh Whittacombe. Welcome to Parent in Hell, the show in which Josh and I discuss what it's really like to be a parent, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, to make ourselves, and hopefully you, feel better about the trials and tribulations of modern-day parenting, each week we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how they're coping. Or hopefully how they're not coping. And we'll also be hearing from you, the listener, with your tips, advice, and, of course, tales of parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, there are plenty of times when none of us know what we're doing. This episode is brought to you by the Inspire Collection by Kalia. Just because you're working out doesn't mean you shouldn't look fabulous. The Inspire Collection by Kalia was designed with both style and performance in mind. It looks good, feels good, and stays put no matter how you move. And the collection has everything you need for a day at the gym. A support bra, crop tanks, bike shorts, amazing leggings, and more. It's their most versatile collection yet. Shop the Inspire Collection by Kalia now, exclusively at Dick's Sporting Goods. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, you're listening to Parent in Hell with... Can you say Rob Beckett? Rob well, Beckett. That- can you say Josh Whittacombe? Josh Whittacombe. Good boy. Well done, Caleb. Caleb. Lou wanted to call our kids Caleb if we had a boy. It's a really American name, isn't it? She likes John Steinbeck. Ah, right, yeah. I think that's in there or something. I don't know. She asked. I had to read East of Eden once. I did half of it. It's just too many. It's so descriptive about fields. Don't give a shit, mate. I know what one looks like. <laughs> Have you read it? No. Oh, God. Anyway, sorry, go on. Kayla, Is this Kate, a reference what's... to something? Hi, Slags. I've been listening since... The... <laughs> Is that a joke we used to have that I can't remember? I think uh, I think everyone was being really polite or... I don't know, I, I, but I'm, I'm happy to be called a slag. I've been listening since the beginning and I've been patiently waiting for my son to be able to say your names. It's been two and a half years now, but when we're listening in the car, he says your names on repeat, and so that's fun. Uh, we are also now pregnant with our second child. Yay. Yay? Uh, oh wait, she said, but sort of. It's normal to be dreading and excited in equal measures, right? Asking for a friend. Yeah. Yes, it is. This is Caleb, who's 34 months from Bangor, Northern Ireland. Love the podcast. Thanks for all the laughs. Emma, 372 months. Oh, how old P.S. Please do a live show in Belfast. Not my decision. Our live shows are wherever they are. I don't even know where they are anymore. <laughs> I'm doing Belfast though on tour in November, if you want to come. All right, mate. Yep, last few gigs. Yep. How are you? Did you watch the European Championship final and did your daughters get inspired? Um, no, my daughters didn't get inspired. I did watch. I loved it. I've really enjoyed the tournament. I watched, to be fair, yep. like, I'm, I, I don't want to, I've been busy uh, this this month, so I only watched the quarterfinal, semifinal and final. I didn't do all the group games. Didn't watch the 8 nil. Didn't watch the 8-0. Who did they beat 8-0? Yeah, 8-0 was great. I can't remember. Some bunch of rubbish. 
Uh, it was Risha. Uh, Risha was the pundit. It was Norway. Norway. But, okay, fair enough. But yeah. no, I watched they it. They were crap. I've really enjoyed it. We absolutely thrashed them. It was brilliant. Are you saying those women are crap at football? No, I'm not. I'm saying we are so much better than Norway. It was brilliant. John Arnorisa in the break was fucking livid at how shit Norway had defended. <laughs> and I thought, this, this is good. This is positive. The only thing I thought was annoying was they interviewed um, Susan Cowman, who's Scottish, about England winning, and she was really happy for them. I think true equality will be when Scottish people go, fuck you, lionesses. Yeah. You're not I inspiring me. Ellis. I'm Scottish. I, I don't Ellis give a shit. If he was pleased the lionesses won, or if he's absolutely <laughs> furious. It's tough, isn't it, for a bit of nation rivalry, because you want to be supportive about how amazing the women's football's become, but also he is Welsh. Yeah, well, we'll you know. find out if he texts back in the next seven minutes whether he likes it. Well, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really exciting. The crowd were amazing, and I, I felt inspired. But no, none of the women in my house watched it. Didn't they? Nope. Did you try and make them watch it? Yeah, I put it on outside. I've got an outside telly, you know, like you have in your garden. Yeah. I've got one of them. Tried to put that on. I was even trying to like go, we could have the fire pit with some marshmallows. Not interested. They would just watch Frozen. And then I went into like the back room to watch it because they had frozen on the big telly and then they came in there Lou walked in and went oh were we winning as Germany scored and I went no we're drawing out so she left the room again yeah that was that was her and uh, and uh, the girls no they stripped off naked in front of the telly and started screaming we don't care we don't care watch our show watch our show <laughs> what and they actually said football is rubbish and for boys I was like it's literally women playing and winning oh mate so I'm... I live with three misogynists Oh, I'm sorry. Sexists. Sexist oh, bigots. I'm so and I'm just sorry. there. But it was it was amazing. The goal, the first goal was so good. Yeah, I was I was actually chasing a, a twelve month old around a kitchen at that point, which was slightly frustrating. Oh, you missed the goal. I missed the goal. Well, I saw the second goal and I saw the German equalizer. Uh my daughter watched she had we had her she had uh two friends around and they uh, watched the first four minutes and then they gave up. It is a long thing, though, isn't it? I think they're a bit young for it. Yeah, and then they came back to watch the trophy being given out, which they enjoyed. The thing is, what actually is inspiring that next generation is that they've watched that and it's just in their heads that women play in front of 90,000 people on the front page of the paper for sport and football and it's just a given. And I think um, as they grow older, it'll become part of their summer. So, yeah. like, for me, I, you know, I like watching uh, England women's play and love it. But f- for me, w- watching the men's team, I'm slightly more obsessed by it because I grew up with the pain of losing. It's 30, year, it's 30 years of narrative. Yes, exactly. But when, I, when my daughters are our age, they'll have that narrative of supporting them. And, yeah. we'll all, and then by that age, I'll be really into them because then I start to now, I'm getting into the characters yeah. in the team, all the different players and Kelly and there's Kirby and all these different names that start to coming through popular culture and that's the the, the difference it's not about yeah. i love football now it's about it just existing in your head the same way as when you think about wimbledon it was like tim henman but now you've got radicanu haven't you in yeah your brain. do you know the worst thing though for what? our daughters and children rob yeah we won the cricket world cup we won the women's euros we've got to the final of the men's euros they've been spoiled mate Are you say women are having it too good no i'm saying our children are having saying? it too oh, good <laughs> Our okay. children are the next generation. Spoiled. The next generation. Yeah, so just to make it clear, you're not saying women have it easy. No, I'm not. I'm saying the cricket fans. <laughs> no, I'm, yeah. saying, I'm saying. I'm saying cricket fans. I'm saying women's yeah. football fans. I'm saying men's football fans. All, all these things that we're good at now. Yeah. We were shit when we were kids. 
And we, we had to put up with that. These people are going to have skyscraping expectations that aren't going to be met in 20 years. At least we're used to losing, Rob. Yeah, but, yeah, but so what you're saying is we've been sad forever. Yeah, which is better. They're happy now and then they'll get sad. But at yeah, least they've had worse. some happy. That's, is that worse? It's worse. It's worse to have once been happy. Because I wouldn't say our generation are very well adjusted when there's men sticking flares up their ass. Yeah. I'd say that's not a healthy way to approach a final of a football no. match. I would add, though, that even if we had won Euro 96, I don't think he would have taken the flower out of his ass. I don't think that was... I don't think so that was... So you okay. You still think he would have put I was saying it was other, other societal factors that led that man to put a flower yeah, out of his ass. Yeah, that was more of a COVID thing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you fight back. Oh, two metres distance, whatever. Oh, no distance between my <laughs> arsehole and this flare. Um, but uh, anyway, no, it was really good. I really enjoyed watching it. So uh, congratulations to Lionesses. And um, yeah, I got a photo of my daughter and her friends watching the game, and I thought they'll look at that in ten years. They won't remember whether they watched it or not. It's no, job but yeah, done. Exactly. So your daughters are going to look amazing when my daughters are older, and they end up, you know, writing some sort of essay in in a university about women's football or women's sport or something like that. They can go. I remember watching it when I was six years old, and it inspired me. I'm like, did it? Fuck you! Did not give a shit. <laughs> Shit. And I remind, I've seen the girl, that one that's been on the news, who's got the little face paint on her cheek and she was singing at the semi-final, they got tickets yeah. to the final. She was inspired, not you. You were dancing around making me look at you. Yeah. And that'll be up my speech at her wedding. <laughs> well, Rob, shall we get on with the interview? Because it is genuinely uh, one of my favourite people in comedy, in television, in, in the world, etc. Um, delighted to have her on. Yeah, she's Very brilliant. Very excited. She's brilliant. Sarah Pascoe. Sarah Pascoe. What have you are you eating something, Josh? Sorry. What are you eating? Um, I'm eating yogurt because I got home. Oh, uh, I, I just got home from nursery drop off four minutes ago. Oh, I think a yogurt is one of the worst things you can eat for an audio. Sorry, I'll stop. But, it's, but, but I tell you what, this is why we should have put the videos on because it's very funny to watch someone eating. Yeah, yogurt. let's put your video on. And watch it's, a... it's in a bowl. It's in a bowl. <laughs> oh. It's not like it's not like a munch bunch or something. Yeah, but a yogurt. I don't know a yogurt. I think like a yogurt just sounds like your mouth's so full, isn't it? It's really also. It's really sort of like woman in an office who's starving, <laughs> but she doesn't have carbs. She just has a yogurt on her desk, and she just sort of gulps it down and carries on with her work. <laughs> Sorry, I've had a busy morning dropping the kids. I'll just get let me get this yogurt down. Oh, this, is, this is my time. This is my time with my uh, activia. Well, Sarah, this is very close to the bone for Josh because we put a photo is up. It? Of, well, yeah, because we put a photo up of me in a vest, <laughs> hoping everyone would take the Mickey out of me. But then everyone just said that Josh looked like a middle-aged woman having a slight yeah, breakdown. Yeah, like <laughs> And he did. Now he's oh, eating yogurts no. at his desk. Oh, there we go. I, I, oh, you know, I think I look a bit. Oh my god, my glasses are steaming up now as well. The pressure's too much. How are your glasses uh, steaming up? How many kids have you got, Sarah? <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I have got a baby. He's a boy, and he's nearly six months old. Oh, so, and it's my first child, and I'm forty-one. I had him at forty. I'm an old, old mum with a young baby. No, yeah. I wouldn't. I'd say these days in, in our industry, Sarah, late thirties is about the the mean average. I'd say, isn't it? It's true, isn't it? I I've been talking on stage about how I really thought you had to choose between a career and a baby, and so it was only when I got to about thirty five and I got really sort of 
bored. <laughs> that was like, oh, I could do that as well, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I, could, I could also have a family. Yeah. Well, that because that's the thing. It's, un, it's unfair on women have got more of a time pressure on that and also societal mm. pressure of questions all the time, where if you're a 35-year-old bloke out and about working, no one ever mentions it to you. But if you're a 35-year-old woman, it's like, so what's the plan? Or something really passive-aggressive yeah, like that. Yeah, absolutely. When both of my sisters got married and had children before me, and they're both younger than me, and at one of my sister's weddings, um, one of my sister's friends, and she was talking to me because she liked date out of 10 cats, and she wanted to know if Jimmy Carr was nice. And then the next <laughs> thing she said was... And she just sort of gestured with her arms, like the wedding, the children running around, the sun going down, my sister in love with her husband. She just gestured with her arm and went, all this not for you. Oh <laughs> <my> <laughs> all this not for you. You've got Jimmy Carr and eight out of ten cats on you. That's not, yeah. not this. Solar studio in Elstree, is that what you want, is it? A, yeah. a, a lukewarm Nando's before you're witty. Dictionary corner and horrible tweets. Is that your life, is it? <laughs> That's, that's obviously sometimes I think from an internalizing thing of someone that that did think like you did. You either pick career or family, and they pick family, yeah. and there's a slight resentment to someone yeah. who's very successful in their career. I think that's the battleground. Yeah, yeah or that's what we read into it. That yeah. We read in that there's some kind of value judgment rather than just oh, you focus in on that, or is that what makes you really happy? You've made or you've yeah. made choices. It is tricky because um, cause we tried to have children for a really long time and then did IVF. I found all of those conversations really difficult because I didn't want to make it really, I didn't want to lie, but I also didn't want to yeah. make it really like a downer. So yeah. Yeah. I was quite defensive about the question because it's like, if I tell you the truth, then I'm telling you some really heavy stuff yeah. straight yeah. away. <laughs> yeah. And that's not what you mean. You just, you just want like a yes or no answer. What's the plan? Yeah. And, we're yeah. Right, and you know, sometimes in that situation, just because you've both gone for like a mini burger canopy and then all of a sudden you're in a deep dive conversation <laughs> with this cousin that you've never met before. Yeah. What did you yeah. reply to this not for you? I think I think I um, said something very non-committal, and then I've yeah. just been angry about it in my head for five years. You know, yeah. I, 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 can, I keep reliving it. What, what should I have? What should I have said? Oh, right. I women can have it all now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's it. This the assumption that yeah, just that <laughs> I'm fine. Um, yeah, just haven't met the right person. Like yeah, uh, yeah. It's odd, isn't it? <laughs> Um, how's it been? How's the first six months been, Sarah? I mean, I, um, I, that's a broad question, isn't it? How yeah. is sleep? <laughs> that's well, all you care sleep about. Is really, the sleep is really bad. And I, like lots of people, just planned to have a nice sleepy baby. Yeah. And um, it was already bad. It was really bad. It was, no, it was bad. He didn't sleep for very long. He definitely was nowhere near sleeping through, but he was sleeping in chunks, like, so, you know, two or three hours, which actually mm. we thought was terrible until regression when that stopped. And then oh. we, it was every hour or every 45, oh. 50 minutes. Oh. <laughs> and then it's teething. So now sometimes every 20 minutes. And I tell you, I've got so many problems with this system. I hate evolution. I think this is stupid that you're expected to do good parenting when you're absolutely yeah. ravaged with the worst thoughts I've ever thought about myself, the world. Um, <laughs> the I'm in a very negative headspace. It's all, it's so awful. And then I'm supposed to be loving, am I? Like, to the world. Uh, 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 I'm res responsible, am I, for a child? Where's the space for joy? Like, where's the space for actually enjoying the fact that you've got a small child and they're here? I mean, we wanted him so much and now he's here. And it's, yeah, it's, it's horrible. I hate teeth, actually. 
I hate teeth. I think they should just be born with teeth. I think it's a stupid system that they come in afterwards. My mum didn't want me to be born with teeth. <laughs> Look, Rob, I, I, I've been thinking how hard teething must have been for you. Do you think it an awful experience? Imagine. Were your first set of teeth tiny, Rob? Uh, the normal size, Rob? Yeah. Or did you go I and be... I mean, how do I know? I was a... Yeah, yeah, I was a baby. No, but I had these massive ones from the age of about six which wasn't right. ideal, so they called me tombstone teeth. But anyway, we're back to how awful Sarah's life is. Well, it's, it's just, and I know you've been through it, and I know all of your listeners would have been through variations of it. Um, and it is that thing, the cliched thing of, you can't imagine how tiredness is, because it's so much more than tiredness. It's, you're already exhausted. Because people, you do, you get tired from like one mm. bad night's sleep or one long day and then a short night. But, but when it's cumulative, I found it to be like a kind of weird mania because you yeah. have to be awake and you have to do things and be responsible, actually you're just flooded with adrenaline. Yeah. So, so you actually, you don't sleep very well. You don't, like people said things like, oh, sleep when the baby sleeps, like have, like, as in like have daytime naps, but I'm absolutely wired. But the minute it goes to sleep, it's like very quickly sterilizing bottles and quickly doing everything around the flat that yeah. needs doing. And, um, and so you realize that actually you don't get any rest at all. That period when they're like sleep when the baby sleeps and you're like, but that is my time. That is mm. that is the only time yeah. I have, and you're <laughs> expecting me to write that off as well. Do you know what I mean? That it's part yeah. of it. I just want to have a yeah. cup of tea or something. I just, I just want a bowl of yogurt. Yeah, I just want to sit with my bloody yogurt. <laughs> yeah, there's this bit. We're really struggling with this bit. So when he first goes down to sleep, that like, is in for the big sleep, as in he's going to be asleep all night now, even though he wakes up through it, he's gone down like seven yeah. o'clock. You have this part of you that goes, now I should go to bed if I want to have anything more than five hours broken sleep i should go yeah. to bed now but then yeah. you don't ever have an evening so what you do is you stay up you talk to each other you make some food you watch some tv and then it's 11 o'clock and you go i hate myself i hate myself yeah but like why, why have i wasted <laughs> this period of time you've got to have that period of time though also otherwise you'd never speak to each other like just sort nah. of checking yeah. in are you, are you are you all right good sort of, <laughs> yeah. thumbs up you okay <laughs> yeah 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 coping i'm coping um, I've, I've also had to take the baby away with me for work. I'm doing documentaries. And so I've had to take, sorry, is that my, is that my washing machine being really loud? Uh, it's a little beeping, but... Oh, good, okay. Um, I, um, so I had to take him, well, I've just come back from Denmark. I had to take him to Denmark for 10 days while filming and take a nanny with me. Oh, wow, and God. What it meant was that Steen was, my husband was here by himself. And I, I really, all I wanted was to hear what sleep was like. Yeah. So I just said, just please, just tell me, just tell me it's amazing. Tell me how relaxed you are. Tell me how amazing. And he said it was awful because number one, the first few nights he didn't sleep properly at all. He just woke up by himself. He kept thinking a pillow was the baby. Oh. And then when he started to sleep, he, he was just said it was like even more tiring. You just wake up really broken because you're so overdue any rest. That, that it wasn't what I wanted for him, which is like a 10-day spa. Well, because you want to get back and he's like, yeah, I'm rested. Give me the baby. Go and sleep. But uh, Yes, it's... exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's not that simple. You don't just catch up. No, I found since I've, basically since becoming a dad, I've really struggled to sleep in hotel rooms. And people are like, oh, you're lucky you get to sleep in a hotel. About that's great. And there's something about it that it's almost like there's too much pressure or it's, it's too divorced from... 
where your kind of comfortable space is. Do you know what I mean? It's like you feel weird that you're away from your yeah. family or something. I think there is pressure when you yeah. are on your own in the house or in a hotel. You're like, right, I must sleep now. If I don't get 12 hours sleep and feel the best I've ever felt in my entire life, it's been a waste, which is a pressure you cannot live up to. Yeah, there's, there's too, too much pressure, isn't it? Too much pressure. I can't even. I used to be able to sort of sleep in cars on the way to things and go, okay, we've got an hour, we're going to. As a passenger, yeah? And now I can't do that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just checking. How was Denmark? So for me, it was just the worst of both worlds because <laughs> it meant I didn't see my baby all day and then I had to have him by myself all night. And there were two oh, nights God. where he, because of sort of a mixture of tummy problems and teething problems, he he didn't go to sleep. He was waking oh, no. a lot. So did you take a babysitter with you or a family member? I took a nanny. I, I, I had to, actually. I had to employ a nanny. We went to Greece first. I employed a nanny. And then I employed her again for Denmark because she was so fantastic. And so I didn't have to worry about the baby, but I did, I did yeah, I felt very odd not seeing him. I didn't like working long days. It's not nice coming home when your baby's already gone to bed and you haven't yeah. sort of, you, you haven't seen them, you haven't been there. And then, yeah, just doing the wake ups and then leaving again early in the morning. And it was the worst of all, all of the worlds. So what's the, what's the sleep schedule at the moment? If you put him down at seven, what's, yeah. what's going on, Sarah? So he always wakes up immediately. Um, so, so basically he's got this thing, sometimes he's so tired he won't eat, even though you know he's hungry. And also he's got a thing that apparently is more common with boy babies where he likes to eat all of his day's food at night where in the day there's so much stuff going on, he's really distracted. But then he has to have about 40 minutes when you put him down and then he wakes up absolutely raging that you haven't fed him. Now he's now he's relaxed, he's realised he's starving. So that's when he, so he has a first feed. And then from that one, sometimes he'll sleep for three hours or four hours. In an ideal oh, so that world. would be your then chance got, if you were to go to... That's your to... chance to sleep, yeah. And that's your choice. It's a yeah. <laughs> head or a bit of of life eight till midnight would be amazing but yeah eight eight till 11 that's his big sleep and then from then it's every 90 minutes or maybe two hours and then he's awake from four or five then he's just up and he's very smiley which is annoying because you're just looking at the most beautiful thing you've ever seen in the world like this little baby you're so excited the minute you open your eyes it's like yay you're here what are we doing and um like oh this is this is killing me the day starts now and so what we're doing is take it in turns to do sort of the okay the day started with him um, yeah and uh and then we have passive aggressive conversations about how one or other of us was too loud while the other person was trying to sleep at five oh, in the God. morning yeah what time are you allowed to stay in bed till when the other one's up? Oh, we both feel too guilty, but I never past seven. And usually what yeah. we're doing is in our sleep going, sorry, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm just so tired, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, man. So, I think you yeah. might have a lot in common with my mum because I used to wake up at 4.30 every day for about three years. In the baby's defence, it's just like, it's His so defense. bright. It's so bright. And that's it. If he sees it, even a chink of daylight, that's it. It's, it's daytime then. Right. Oh, really? Have you got blackout curtains? Yeah, so we've got all that. We, we live in the dark like moles, but still there'll be like a little, um, tiny little chink of light coming through or a light, light will be on something, like a little red, and he will just... Oh, hello, I've seen it. I'm up yeah. now. Oh, God. We, we oh, took no. him to Australia when he was 13 months old. No, 13 weeks old, we took him to Australia. Mm. And on the plane, there were just little just little lights everywhere. And he just, he was whizzing his head around, just, just trying to look as look at as many of them as possible to prove, no, it's I'm awake, it's daytime, stuff's oh. happening. 
Oh, because oh, yeah, because wow. your partner's Australian, isn't he? So yes, was that when you yeah. went back to show the baby off, essentially? Early exactly, doors? because he's oh. he's Australian, but also Greek, and so that, oh. he says that his family had been asking him about having a kid since he was eighteen years old. So he was very much sort of you know taking it to his grandparents to go, "There you go, there's the baby, <laughs> there's the <laughs> baby now. you always wanted." <laughs> yeah, that's it. Now get off my back. Um, so yeah, we so we took him to to meet all of to his uh, great grandparents and his grandparents. It was obviously it was really exciting, but yeah, I was not um, I was misinformed about flying with a baby. Lots of people said to me they sleep the whole way, and that was not uh, true. Who 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 you been speaking to? I think it was after I'd already booked the flights and people didn't want to stress oh, okay. me out. Because <laughs> so, I, I was, I was going to go anyway. That was the worst 24 hours of life. I think five more than the baby. And you know you've then got to come back as well, right? So you're yeah, in this situation. Yes. Oh, but at least on the way back, I knew what I was going into. On the way there, stupidly, you know, I bought these business class tickets, a face mask to do. I was, I was high. I was ridiculous. <laughs> and then I had no idea what it was going to be like flying with a baby. And then every my bag to get something practical. I saw these books and this eye mask. I was like, you idiot. What did you think was going to happen? I honestly, I honestly thought you put them in that little cot and then they just slept the whole way. So was you just stood up holding a baby looking at a bed that you paid a load of money for? Yeah, babies make business class economy again. Like you're just, it's, I, I was standing up the whole journey jiggling him and he, with a blanket over his head like he was a parrot just trying to get him to go to sleep. Oh my oh, god, that is brutal. Oh god, I wish I hadn't opened by asking about sleep. I feel like I've really, uh, I really picked on the, uh, the kind of negative there. I guess that's what all parents are interested in because, yeah, yeah that's that's the thing that's going to be most traumatic if you've got a healthy baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like ninety five percent of the battle, isn't it? Well, yeah. What, what, the problem here is, I mean, we've spoken to people before about the lack of sleep and how difficult it is. Tom Parry episode was great where he was sort yeah. of staying up all night with his baby and stuff like that but yeah. Tom Parry is a you know a lovely man but fun quite silly but I think people look at you Sarah as a very sort of intelligent and and together person so it's even more harrowing to hear it from you than from someone yeah. like Tom Parry you, you can kind of go that's probably Tom Parry's fault yeah he's a bit <laughs> quirky <laughs> yeah you know what he's like well, from you it's like oh dear <laughs> Yeah, Tom Parry's probably just getting the baby really excited, like doing sketches and taking his T-shirt off. It's probably, yeah, his own fault. Um, and I, I, the one bit of hope I have is when other people say it doesn't last and you go, yeah, it doesn't last. And you kind of set all these stones, like oh, maybe once yeah. we're on solid food or maybe, you know, eight it months. And then doesn't. I listened to your episode with Tom Crane and he was talking about his much older child still not sleeping. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. Some people, it doesn't end. But oh, no. I think I I think six months. Like at six months, we were having an absolute shocker because mm. my son was born in May, and then in when I had COVID before Christmas, that's when we were doing sleep training. So that was seven months, oh, okay. and yeah. and that was. I was at a really low ebb at that point, if this is helpful. Yes, like, yeah, no, of course, of course. Yeah. He's at a high ebb at the moment, choking down yogurt three minutes before <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, buzzing, I'm buzzing on Muller Light. But, um, yeah, I, and so it, it does... I was astonished how it can get sorted. Do you know mm, what I mean? Mm. It's just that thing of, like, it does feel endless. And I, I always thought it was the day... The, the tiredness would be tough in. But I actually think it's all right pushing through the day. Yeah. It's when the night arrives and you're like, oh, God, 
I'm being yeah. woke. It's it's the yeah. middle of the night is the problem. I, I get think. so like when I'm doing gigs and I'm getting I'm on the way home at sort of half 10, 11. Sometimes we had one in Leicester the other day with Tiffany. So we were coming back at sort of half 11, 12. I get really nervous because I'm actually scared because I know that the maximum time in bed is going to be six hours. And it's like, how much of that's going to be sleep? And I start and I get, I actually just get fearful. Like, yeah. oh, oh, no. And it's the oh, bit, so. it's the bits that's like two till three. It's getting woken up or being, sometimes you'll be up for like 90 minutes in the middle. Yeah. And, that, and that's the bit that feels like, no, this is too hard. This is, we should close all this down, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I remember feeling like, um, if I think about the Euros last year, I remember just every night feeling like, depressed that it was mm. now night time oh. and this was happening but anyway can, can, I, can I say if anyone's <laughs> expecting a baby listening to this it does get better again yes yeah and not all babies are like it and also there and there is there is there's so much fun around it this is what i mean the second he smiles we're fine and you're right the days yeah. are fantastic and i do mean that i do mean that i just I, I think it's being honest about the, the, the tiredness, but then also, yeah, you survive it and you're amazed what you can survive. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Because I've noticed the lack of steam, your partner, uh, Tuesday Comedians Football. He used to be a regular yes. fixture, but in the last six months, he's not. I've not seen him. When he has played, I think he's, he's, you know, his performance has dipped. That's due to not the lack me. Of That's not me telling him he can't go no, to football No, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that. <laughs> but I'm saying if you're exhausted. Because no, I get really defensive. He's, he plays cricket on Saturdays. And they said to him, oh, no, you've had a baby. You have to get, like, points in the week so that your wife gives you a Saturday off. And I thought, God, isn't that awful? The idea that you have to sort of win permission yeah. to do things that you absolutely love. No, comedians football is, um, he kept getting injured, Rob. Oh, was it? He couldn't exercise for weeks while he was recovering, so I think that's why. Okay, Shall we to ask enough. him? Steve, yeah. why don't you go to comedians football anymore? Um, did you hear he says that Rob Beckett kept crying when he scored goals? Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for not going, mate. I'm having such a better time. How are you feeling? Uh, you're going out on tour mm. in uh, three months' time? Yeah, November. Yeah. yeah. And how's how are you how are you planning on doing that with the uh, with the baby? Well, compared to filming, because I've got sewing bee for two months before that in Leeds, and I've just yeah. done this, and I've got three documentaries that I've just been doing at the moment. Oh. So compared to that, the fact that a tour show will be you know ninety minutes at an interval, two hours, that feels yeah. so reasonable, and that's after bedtime. So actually, yeah. whether whether I'm near to London and I've left him at home, or I've taken him to a hotel with childcare. It's a time of the day where I don't have to feel bad about not yeah. being with him. I am really looking forward to it, actually. It's your three-hour window. You're using your three-hour window that's to it. do stand-up. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's exactly what it is. And so that stand-up fits in to so many other parts of life because there's actually so little working hours and you can write, you know, you can write in the back of an Uber, you can write notes on your phone, you can write comedy around all of the other things. I was yeah. listening to your episode with... Um, um, Esther Manito and her talking about sort of walking with the pram, practicing her stuff. And I yeah. love that. I think that's what's so accessible about stand up. You don't need a desk, do you? You don't need no. equipment. Nah. Like, you don't need an easel or clay or anything. You can, you can just <laughs> yeah. do it even at a time where you have the least time in the world. Um, so, are you going to be like, you're going to take him on tour, then like, say you're in, I don't know, say you're in York on the 24th of November and then you're going to Sheffield on the 25th. Yeah. So what, you'd stay in a hotel with him yes. in the hotel and then you'd yes. just kind of pop out, do the gig and go back? Yeah, I think 
that's what I'm planning. But that might be Catherine. When I when I announced my tour, Catherine Ryan wrote underneath my sort of post like, "Oh, biggest ever tour! Very excited." And she just wrote, "Don't do it." <laughs> <laughs> That's what you need. Yeah, really encouraging. And um, <laughs> because she was currently on tour with her young baby, and because it was so hard. So this is the thing. This is what I'm now living. I'm living a diary that I agreed to things with a hypothetical baby. <laughs> <laughs> And now I'm living with the actual baby, realising, oh, you, oh, this is absolutely impossible. You're in cloud cuckoo land. We were on the flight to Australia. I realised why people had the reactions they did. And I kept saying to people, no, it's much easier when they're younger. Yeah. No, it's easier because they're not toddling around. This is the this is the best time to do it. And you, you have no experience. So you're just making decisions oh. based on nothing. The amount of things I passed off as knowledge before mm. I had a child mm. to parents. The amount of facts I told parents <laughs> yeah. when I didn't have a child. Sleep when they sleep. That's the main yeah. one, isn't it? I'll yeah. just sleep when they sleep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm going to sleep worry. in seven minutes I've, now. <laughs> I've read a book about how to get them to sleep. I'll be fine. You should yeah. have just read that book. That's, that was the problem you had, mate. Do you know what and I thought? Like, I, I, I read all this evolutionary stuff about babies crying for no reason and this that, and the other. And I really thought if you did contact parenting, it wouldn't happen. Like if they were really, I kept thinking it's because people are really horrible parents and the baby's like crying out going, please reassure me. So I thought I'll just hold my baby all the time and then he'll just be sleepy. And that is not true. <laughs> that, that isn't science. No. Well, no, I think that I think that was evolutionary. That was safer when the op, the other option was the bottom, like the floor of a cave. Yeah, exactly. But now you've got a nice cosy cot. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and also, it just, it just isn't that simple. It just isn't that simple. Because actually, by being there all the time for your baby, your baby just has to double check all the time. Still there? He's still there. Our baby, a lot of the times he's waking up, is because he wants me to turn him over to make him more comfortable. Like it's so like, he's a little king. Or that thing where like the, the dummy's fallen out and he's like, oh, get my dummy. Oh yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. that is yeah. the dummy replacement. Is he still in your room? Yeah. Cause the the dummy replacement when they're in a different room, it's, it's just like, oh, you see, I've just got to walk to, into that room, <laughs> put a dummy in a mouth and then go back, get in bed yeah. and then, think am i yeah. going to get back to sleep well, do, do you know what we used to do we used to just leave loads of dummies around the yeah, babies yeah. like yeah. rose yeah. petals like six you know yeah. <laughs> and then, and then yeah. they could just grab at <laughs> them the cot is just yeah. full of dummies <laughs> it's like one of those kind of machines with the grabbers where there's all yeah. the toys on the floor it's got now <laughs> yeah there's so many that really if they just roll over and start sucking they'll suck one in <laughs> that's how many dummies there are Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, because he does that. He sort of, he loses it and he will try and sort of like bang his head around to try and get it back in himself. <laughs> so that maybe that's what I'll do, just like lay loads around. Well, yeah. how, how many books did you read in preparation? Because you've written loads of books that are really well researched and of mm. course, like they're funny books, but can be quite heavy in con some of the content. So how much research were you doing? Well, I did read some books, but they were sort of books about motherhood rather than sort of science facty books. And we didn't yeah. do NCT classes. Actually, I got really rebellious about the whole thing. I decided I would just instinctively become a parent and I didn't want to be told what to do. And I didn't want to have a group of peers. Like I didn't want to yeah. have loads of people who had babies the same age. I didn't want to know anyone in my neighborhood. You're such a comedian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So even having a baby, it's got to be your, your thing. Yeah, I just I'm doing I this new thing called having a kid. Yeah, you guys don't know. <laughs> no, but I, I, I didn't think it was new. I just didn't want to be told stuff and then be like, oh, that's the right way, that's the wrong way. I thought, let me find out. But then, just before we had him, we did have this panic of like, we don't know how to do anything. 
<laughs> and then we had a, a couple of Zooms. You can do sort of like one-on-ones where they take you through things and they go, do you know about this? Do you know about that? And you're like, no, didn't know they couldn't drink water. Didn't know that you couldn't do things like that. Didn't know you're not supposed to put loads of blankets and toys in their cots and things like that. They're like, oh, I luckily told us. Um, <laughs> luckily you told us all this important information. And even now, like, we're at the weaning stage. And I said to Steen, have you done any research about what we're supposed to be doing with solid food? And he's like, no, have you? And I was like, no. And it's like, I wonder if this needs to read up on this. I, I read one book before, like a kind of guide book beforehand. Yeah. And I don't think I took any... I, it made me have a level of self-confidence that was hugely misplaced. And oh. I don't think I took anything that actually happened. All of my knowledge was accrued from desperately texting people that had kids. Yeah. At, yeah. On a day-to-day basis. I think that's the thing. You, if you, you flood your brain with stuff you don't need to know about, you don't need to know about weaning when you're like five yes. months pregnant. Yeah. You know, yeah, wait yeah. until yeah. They, they're hungry for solid yeah. food. But I, I, didn't, I didn't read anything. The only thing, I watched one TED Talk, which I found quite interesting, oh, yeah. which was basically any kids that are natural at something, say they're like naturally really sporty. Mm. If you go, oh my God, you're brilliant. You're, you're, you're such a natural. Mm. You're so talented. You're so great. Those people don't, those kids don't really grow up and become that successful in it because they associate their success with a predetermined genetic oh, ability. luck rather than yes. more hard work. Where what you should say is you really should reinforce, oh, you've done so, you worked so hard yeah. in that race that you, you weren't, you know, winning at the beginning, but then you really worked hard and yeah. then you, you know, then you, you were successful. that's why I didn't become a top-level sportsman, Rob? Um, maybe. Because, because I saw my, my huge genetic ability as yeah, luck rather exactly. than hard work. Yeah, because when you look at you, you're a genetic freak like Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> You've got everything you need to succeed in any sport. You know what I mean? You're like Denise Lewis. Just any sport you can do. But because yeah. you didn't think it was you and it was just your body... That's the thing. I think your body's held you back, Joe. Because <laughs> when I look at you, I'm just like, how can you concentrate on the jokes when that that chest is there staring at you? <laughs> Those arms. Josh, you don't have to put up with this. So, but... <laughs> <laughs> He did ask me, to be fair. To be fair, it's only what my internal monologue's doing 24-7. Oh, Sarah, I was going to ask, well, you've got a dog as well, but you had your dog before the baby. Yes. Is the dog jealous? How's the dog getting on? What's the setup? I felt so sorry for the dog because (laughs) he's not... Because also... He was so babied. I I just loved him so much. And I do still love him. It's not, it hasn't changed. I loved him so much. And then this big thing happened and this baby needs all of your attention. And now in all of these happy videos where like the baby's laughing for the first time, my husband's throwing him in the air. I just always, just always just sort of slide the phone over to where the dog is rolling his eyes on the carpet and come back to our joy. So yeah, it was really hard at the beginning because he didn't understand that the baby couldn't play with him. So he was doing things like he'd go in the garden and bring in this like disgusting, mucky, squeaky boy and drop it on the baby's head like like throw it for me yeah. and um obviously it's not very hygienic and I just felt really bad for him but now the baby started stroking him and Aww. so yeah and so it, actually it's really sweet that they'll sort of cuddle up but the dog doesn't understand that you can't like pour him on the head and stuff so I still have to keep yeah. an eye on him but they're going to be really good friends and I really was that cliche of someone who had all of these maternal feelings and mm didn't yet have a child because my life feels so balanced now that all my maternal feelings are not towards my boyfriend or my dog they're like towards the ba- an actual baby oh wait this is, this is much better I do feel guilt yeah and I so we we tend to sort of walk him by himself now we don't take the baby on walks it's like just me and you time yeah just just me and you how you doing checking in throwing him some sticks giving him some attention 
And yeah. also whenever we've just started to get in childcare and um, he's so excited when someone comes to the house, it's not us. It's like, finally some attention. And then they just want to hang out with the baby. And he's like, oh, fuck this. <laughs> and this again. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, when the baby gets a bit older, they he'll get so much attention from yes. the, like, them as toddlers. Yeah. So we've got a dog and we got the dog after the kids. Mm -hmm. So the kids were like three and five when we first got him. And they went away with, mom, with uh, their mum and it was just me and the dog. And the dog was like, what, it's just you? This, like, oh, there's, really? not, there's not three other people cuddling me, stroking me. And I was like, yeah, mate, like, I, can't, I can't be four people. And then he was a bit fed up because he didn't have as much attention that he was getting. Oh. So he'll be getting loads of attention when your boy gets oh, a bit that's older. Good. So I need to find a way to get your dog to tell my dog, hang on in there. It doesn't last forever. It gets better. <laughs> yeah, and we can sort yeah. that out. Let's yeah. meet up at a park <laughs> and hopefully they'll do that in a dog sort of communication yeah. way. Yeah. Can I ask you about IVF, Sarah? Oh, I yes, I'd love to talk about IVF, actually. Yeah. Um, it was a thing where I'd always had in my head that like 40 was my cutoff. And I mm. really did think, oh, like it's kind of fate that decides, especially because until COVID, I always had stuff in my diary that would have been really inconvenient if I'd got pregnant. So I had this way of thinking where I was like, okay, I'm sad that this hasn't happened for us, but actually um, I've got all of this work booked up. Da, 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 da. And then with COVID, my diary obviously completely emptied just in two phone calls. It was like suddenly an empty year. And my husband who, it was very important to him to want, he really, really wanted biological children. He said, can we give it like another two years and just, you know, properly try, like properly go and see doctors and find out what's up and, and solve, hopefully solve a problem. And that felt to me really emotionally risky because that's, yeah. re that's really wanting something. It's really trying and it's yeah. really being, you know, hurt and disappointed when things don't work out or the pregnancies don't stay and all, all of those kind of things. But I'm so glad I did it. I'm glad I did it in that way. You know, when you just something scares you and so actually yeah. to confront it is so brave anyway. And then some of the problems that we had with our, fer our fertility were very easily solved. Um, and, and then the other side, so we had the kind of, which is ICSI, which is where they select the healthiest um, sp sperm and the healthiest egg and they put them together and you get sort of um, blastocysts. And then, and then, you know, we've known our baby since he was five days old because when, he, when they put the blastocyst back in, you watch it on an ultrasound. It's like a, a shooting star. So you can sort of watch it going in this little dot oh, wow. going wow. into your uterus. And so, I, and then, yeah, seven weeks, I knew I was pregnant at three weeks. I found out, I was at, um, found out from my Fitbit because I was um, doing, a, you know, those Will Briggs gigs, the outdoor ones. I was yeah, in the one yeah. in Bristol and yeah. um, I, I sort of ran to get my train home. And when I looked at my Fitbit, it said I'd been in fat burning mode for 75 minutes. And I thought, <laughs> I know it's a big gig, but I don't, why? I don't know when my heart is going so fast. <laughs> and then the fat burning, it didn't stop. My, my heart rate the whole way home was over a hundred. So I Googled, is my Fitbit broken? And it said, could you be pregnant? Oh, mm. wow. Because straight away, yeah, because straight away your body starts producing more blood and actually oh, josh i saw you and i've just done my embryo transfer because i did the last leg someone dropped out i won't say who and what happened was someone dropped out i last minute came to do last leg and you'd give me like this fridge full of champagne for this other guest at a point where i absolutely <laughs> knew i couldn't drink and i sort of said oh i won't drink it and you know what my mum was watching and I'd, i mimed drinking some champagne so i got off my mum's like oh. what the hell are you doing <laughs> drinking champagne on the last oh leg? was it a prop on the show yes yes <laughs> yes they, oh. Next to my seat, I think it was, it was like they were like they were making out like it was a music festival, and so they'd like got me this like drink, but it wasn't. It was obviously for this other guest who would only drink champagne. Yeah, so you did the proper nine months no drinking because most people find out 
a little bit later on, don't they? So they might have had a drink and not been re- not realised they were pregnant. Well, because it's IVF, it's actually months before, months of before of healthiness. You've, you, uh, there's all these things that affect your success rate. So like you have to lose a little bit of weight. So that tends to be better. Um, you're not drinking. Caffeine's not great. You have to be all of the vitamins and the and you can get oh. really obsessive with it because everything you think if this is the difference between this and that and oh, then yeah. you're like no bubble baths no perfumes you're not allowed to have massages there's some of the stuff is really ridiculous or even like getting a little bit warm like you're not allowed to do things that get you warm i so just you, couldn't go without bubble bath i don't think baths, I, yeah i just don't think i could do baths. a life without a bubble bath sarah <laughs> yeah. i don't know how you did you does that mean that when you're not drinking beforehand mm. You've got that horrible thing where people must think you're pregnant already. Yeah, yeah a defence. Oh. And, and that's why, again, you get a little bit prickly or defensive. Or you, actually, I just got... Actually, it was COVID. But um, I've got a bit anti antisocial. Like, I had yeah. my for, uh, 40th birthday. And um, the next day, I was doing, like, my injection, which is sort of the shot that re- releases your eggs. And one of my friends said to me, oh, you'll be going down the pub with doing this and that. And I just didn't know what to do with my face. But like, absolutely no interest. That's not my life at the moment. Yeah, old alcoholic Pascos in the, in the <laughs> cupboard for a bit. <laughs> Lock her up for a bit. Yeah, she's not oh, here anymore. Yeah, so like constant questions and things like that because it, yeah, it does. Yeah, people always go, oh, not drinking, and it's coming from a good place, but you don't yeah. you don't know what other people are sort of dealing with at that yeah. time, do you? Or if you do decide to tell people, then you can't sort of take it back. I had a couple of jobs where I was injecting. Um, so you know, like the filming. Uh, you have to do this, you don't have to do IVF injections at certain times every day. And often I think my evening one was six o'clock, which meant I would be just about to do a panel show. And, um, you know, when you've got sort of a runner in your room sort of trying to hurry you along and you're thinking, yeah. and I would just say, oh, okay, I've just got to take some medicine. And they'd go, okay. And they'd still be standing in the doorway. And then eventually <laughs> I'd think, I've just got to do an injection in front of them now oh, because God. I don't know how to say, can you leave? Because they think I mean I'm taking a paracetamol or something. Yeah. So I ended up just doing injections in front of people and then going, I'm, I'm doing fertility treatment. And then, then it was really awkward. It's just a bit of heroin to get me through the show. Is that all right? <laughs> I'm old school. That's what I should have said, Rob. I should have said, can you leave while I do my heroin? Or just go, oh, can you leave? Because I've got, I've got a tablet I have to put up my ass. <laughs> Because there's less questions about a tablet up your ass. If it's fertility, you have to go into stuff. So maybe just I've got to put a tablet up my ass. So do you want to leave? Um, I would. If there were going to be rumours about me, I would prefer it to be. I think she's doing fertility treatment. I don't think she can get pregnant. Rather than I wonder what she's got that means that a tablet up the ass. Isn't <laughs> yeah, yeah. It does open up more questions in private yeah. for the runners. There'd be a lot of runners googling the yeah, moment they that? left the, uh, yeah. the dressing room. Horse it would. That's not a good disease. Whatever that is. <laughs> So when you know you're pregnant at three weeks, what's the kind of chances that that's going to yes. take, if that well, makes Is that yeah. the right word? Yeah, well, well, I was very stressed because actually I had a miscarriage just before we started IVF. Rob, the really weird thing about talking to you now about having a baby is that you remember we had to do that really weird Zoom audition? Oh, um, yes, that for that the, film. That was the day of my miscarriage. I came oh, back from, Sarah. I, I know, it was, it was so awful and I was so in shock. But basically, I'd been at hospital had the scanner said yeah we can't see anything and then I had this option Josh this was so weird it was like a film audition with Rob Beckett 
where they were uh, well, we were supposed a to be chemistry romantic. test. Yes, yeah, romantic with each other. And I thought, if I cancel this, they're just going to ask. Number one, I don't know how to even begin to say to my agent what's happened. And then also, yeah. they're going to put it in for a day or two days, and I don't think I'm going to be like fine then. Right. Yeah. So I thought I'll just do it. I'll oh, just mate. push through it. Well, I don't know if it's a good or bad thing, Sarah, but you were brilliant in it. Oh, like, bless you. But I don't know if that's good or bad that you can just put the wall up and plough on. <laughs> do you well, know what I mean? In, the, in that odd way, I just thought. It just is nothing. Nothing else is like just get through this. Nothing's going to make go this worse or yes. better. So just yeah, yeah, exactly that. And so and so it was. It was. But that's what happened. That the ironic thing was we paid for IVF. We were waiting. You have to start after your period. We we're waiting for my period. It didn't come. I found out I was pregnant after five years of trying. Oh. I know. And so I just had that thing where I thought it's fate. It's magic. Like this. What a wonderful story. I'll say to my child. Um, we tried for five years and then just after we paid eight grand for IVF, you were like, here I am. Like, and then, so I just, I, I honestly had, didn't have a narrative in my brain of like, well, also lots of people lose their first pregnancy or also you're almost 40 and the chances and all of those things. So I was so devastated. And then we started IVF and then we got pregnant. So actually I spent my whole of my pregnancy incredibly anxious and especially knowing yeah. from three weeks. So at seven weeks, you get a sort of what's called a viability scan. And I was, um, Again, I was filming, I was doing a job called The Island, which was double records the whole week, feeling nauseous, knowing I was pregnant, but not knowing if it if it was going to be okay. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I remember lots of the times being okay at work, that brilliant thing, because our work is really uh, involving, you have a switch where you just have to cope with it. Yeah. Yeah. You're laughing at Johnny Vegas's jokes and sort of talking about stupid things. And then at this sort of crash that would come afterwards where I'd just be like, oh God, I hope everything's okay. And I hope I didn't get too warm or wear anything oh, smelly. Oh God, that was yeah. Because it is hot. There's people watching you. There's cameras yeah. on you. Your brain's probably going, can they tell? Am I sweating? Am I getting hot? Is it, does yeah. it look bad? Oh, that, well, there was one Sarah. bit where one of their tasks was they wanted us all to like jump as far as we could. Oh. And I was seven weeks pregnant with this, like what felt to be very fragile, pregnancy thinking yeah. I'm not I'm not going to jump and then on the show it looked like I was just being like a prima donna but I was just thinking I don't know if I'm allowed to jump I don't oh, know what yeah, I, think, I don't know if jumping's dangerous or anything like that do you, so yeah. do you know what because Tom, Tom Tom Allen was the host of that yes, wasn't he was yeah. that, like, if it like I know you it's, it's so difficult though because you don't he said tell... he was really annoyed about the jumping <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but I'm just saying though like you know if I was on that show and I'm Tom's a good friend of mine he'd be exactly yeah. the same like it's so difficult because you don't want to have to tell your, your agent or tell everyone or whatever mm. but I, I think you know, if I was on that show as well in Tom's position or even just a guest on it, if you had said to me, I can't do that, I'm mm. seven weeks pregnant, I would make sure that I would, like, not, Sarah wouldn't be doing that jump and yes. I'd go and speak to the boss, whoever it is, yeah. in charge and have a quiet word of them on your behalf. So whether, that, whether you'd want that or not, if that makes it more difficult or not, but if for you, if right. anyone else listening, if you are on a set with me and that's going on, pull me to one side and tell me and I'll make sure that that's not happening because it's not fair to have to do that and it might be difficult to do it yeah. yourself but if there's someone there you know and trust that can just go no Sarah's not doing that and I'll make sure that I doesn't happen. I think you're happen, so but... sweet to say that Rob I think quite often when people are actually in the stressful or emotional time we get through it and then we look back yeah. and go oh of course I could have spoken yeah. to that yeah, person yeah. because you're absolutely right Some, Tom Allen if I'd gone to his dressing room and go just by the way I'm not trying yeah. to give you anything heavy but this is a situation this is why I'm nervous about this you're absolutely right. He would have made sure that yeah. you weren't doing anything you weren't exactly. comfortable with in a, feel, in a quiet yeah. way. But you don't want to make anyone else's life more difficult because, you know, he's already hosting all that kind of thing. And sometimes He, he yeah. made sure that you didn't get the full fee, though. <laughs> 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 
There'll be some of those GB News comments going, well, I thought we were all equal. I can jump. <laughs> but yeah, I know. I, I hope that didn't come across as patronising. But I, oh, no, I just... it didn't. I think it's good for us to have conversations yeah. like this because then you realise, oh, yeah, other people aren't going to overreact or and they understand that it's still private business. They're just, they can mm, be a, mm. you, you can be a little sort of silent ally for someone. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. And I'm sure Josh is the same. But if, I, if ever I'm at work or in comedy at work or like no, TV no, I don't or come to me. comedy... Don't come to me. Well, that, maybe don't. not. He will panic. But come to me, and I'll make sure you're not doing anything you don't, don't want do. to do. I'd love to go to Josh's dressing room, and he'd be like yogurt, and I'd be like, let's. <laughs> Actually, that's all right. Let's just leave. Let's just have a yogurt. On the topic of yogurt, yes. Is your baby going to be a vegan? No. 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 Not unless he wants to one day. Yeah. I don't. I really think number one. I just really want to make sure he's. And I know that people can have a vegan diet and be very well. Um, yeah. In, what's it, yeah, have all the right vitamins and um, yeah. nutrients and things like that. I think for me, and this isn't me, no judgment on any other parent, mm. and, and it's the same with the dog, um, it's, 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 it's a personal choice. And so yeah. if yeah. I, 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 and also my husband eats meat, so it's not like it's a vegan household or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I think yeah. I will explain to him where meat comes from from but yeah, not at a very traumatic early age when he's watching Peppa Pig or something I will wait also as well if you force anything on a child they won't they will kick back against it let, let them rebel of course yeah, they exactly. will yeah, you, you just have to make sure everyone has all the information. And yeah, it would be horrible. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be vegan or vegetarian if my parents had made me be. I was because I'm, I'm. I've always been vegetarian, but that's mm. because um, I have absolutely no rebellion within me. I'm desperate to please. So, oh, really? yeah, Josh, you might you might have a midlife crisis. You know, you might I, get to. Sort oh, of I think he's going to blow. Something's going to happen. I don't think yeah. my body could take it. <laughs> I think my body would. I don't know how my body would react if I had a, a sausage sandwich. Or to would meat? It? No, that that won't be your midlife crisis. It'll be something else. Oh, it's oh just, you just mean just... generally? Do you, what do you yes. reckon it'll be, Sarah? What do you yeah. reckon it's midlife crisis? Well, it's, will be? What, we're taking bets now. Is that yeah, how this yeah. is working? I think, I think you're going to um, buy a strip club or a casino <laughs> in another country, like Vegas or something. You're going to buy a Vegas <laughs> a casino and strip club. And reinvent club. himself yeah. like when like kids go to uni. You're going to put on like a weird Italian accent and say you're part of the mafia. <laughs> and you're going to smoke cigars. Oh, I think I could get into smoking cigars. Chest would, no, your chest, you'll be on your asthma pump 24-7. <laughs> Don't inhale, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you know what I think you'll end up doing, Josh, right? You'll get what? to about uh, 45, 50, and your kids are a bit older and you've got a bit of spare time, and you'll hire out some studio space and try and record an album. Oh, no. Do oh, you know what? Yes, I, yeah. I, I, that's a terrible fear. Because it, <laughs> it's not a million miles oh, no. from <laughs> I think you might get really into plastic surgery and start having loads of fillers. Yeah. <laughs> you'll start a band of all the other comedians that are frustrated musicians. Like you'll have Al Murray on drums, Brigstock oh, no. will be singing, you'll be on guitar. Oh no, this is so, so, so feasible. Close. You'll be in latitude with your trilby on. Oh God, and I'll be, I'll be coming on to this podcast trying to promote the dates. <laughs> No, no, it is a good night out. You won't see any stand-up. Don't, don't, a lot of people have been disappointed so far. You might far sell more tour. tickets. Yeah, <laughs> he's promised not to do stand-up. What they be called? Like Josh and the Gigglers. 
Josh and the Chuckles. Oh God, it's too close to the truth. Or it'll be something like it will. It will called it was all a blur, and it was all like old blur covers. <gasps> oh, oh yes, yeah, yeah. Josh Widdicombe. It was all a blur, and you've got oh, a couple no. of like soppy love songs about Rose and the Kid, and then the rest is just like woohoo! <laughs> you're oh, just I doing can't. covers. <laughs> uh, the problem is I can't play guitar and sing at the same time. I just haven't got the ability. So I'll do I've... the Phil Daniels bit for Part Life. You would. Yeah, I'll do that bit for you. You know, the Cockney accent bit, and then you yeah. can do the rest of it. You're a good singer, Sarah. Sarah uh, can sing. I've seen Sarah sing. She's unbelievable. Oh, well, in my new show, Rob, I've got a big bit about when I went on your show all together now, actually. Oh, yeah. What, is, yeah. That a, is it a good or bad story? It's, uh, well, it's a bad... No, it's a, fu- it's a funny story. <laughs> it's a funny story. It's a funny story. Because well, so all together I... now, when you describe it to people, it sounds like I'm making it up. Because some people haven't seen it, Robin. So I'm saying a hundred judges all in squares and in the middle is Jerry Halliwell from the Spice Girls. And they think I'm describing an anxiety dream. (laughs) They don't believe it. It really happened and Gemma Collins was there. Yeah. (laughs) They don't believe me. No, Chris Camaro did well, didn't he? Very well. Yeah, it doesn't seem real, that. It doesn't. because I, I had a bit, Jerry Halliwell used to try and take the mickey out of me a lot on it. She went to me, one of the recalls, um, I did a joke and she got a bit of a laugh. And yeah. She went, I didn't think that was funny. I was like, okay. <laughs> and then she went, oh. who writes your jokes? I went, the same people that write your songs. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, she told me I wasn't very good at singing. But I think oh, it was... <laughs> oh, did she? Is that what I'm she said? I'm calling the kettle black. <laughs> I, I know. She said that she said I was pitchy. She was quite harsh, actually, Josh. That's why oh, um, oh, that's, Jerry. it was quite harsh. It was supposed to be a, a fun a fun Christmas special, and then they yes. absolutely went for me. <laughs> well, oh, I, do you know what it was? I thought you that, that you were brilliant, and you've got a brilliant voice. The song, though, what song was it you sang in? It was quite like, what that show needed to do well on it was catchy, but, like Sweet Caroline-type songs. Of course, but that's or the hey thing, Big Rob, is the, the TV programme chose what song I sang. So when they oh, started no. saying... What a bad song choice. What you can't do is go, well, blame your producers. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to sing Anastasia. (laughs) In your tour blurb, you also says you ruined Hugh Grant's birthday. Yeah. Um, I was booked for his birthday party as a trick on him. What? So he doesn't like his birthday. So every year um, his friends organise a party that he's not going to enjoy. And um, they so they they do stuff he doesn't like. So like he's a bit of a hypochondriac. So they did it in this um, venue that was full of like jars of pickled tumors. Oh, and um, there was one year they were like, oh, he doesn't like feminism. So we'll book a, a woman in a no more page three t-shirt to lecture him for forty five minutes at his party. And that's what I, that's what I did. <laughs> did you know it was a setup for him? Did they explain yeah. that? Yeah, well, when they first emailed me, they made out that they were a fan. They said, oh, we've got this celebrity who's a fan of yours. We just wanted mm. to know what your fee was for the party. And then I was, and they found out it was Hugh Grant. I was really excited. And then they told me the truth. And I was also, I was the 14th female comedian they'd asked. Everyone else said no. And they found out that it was a trick. But I was like, I'll say yes for, for, the, for the money and the story. Yeah, and, that's um, an anecdote, isn't it? It is an anecdote. And it was, it was so strange because it was a party. So no one was sitting down, like apart oh, from no. Hugh Grant. They made him sit on a chair in front of me. And then everyone else was just at, at his party, sort of standing there. Yeah, but that was early in your career, Sarah. No, it wasn't that early. It was about five years ago. And then the next year I got invited to his party as a guest. And, and I thought, oh, wow. And they said, you don't have to do any of your talking. You can just come and... <laughs> and um, I was excited. And when they opened the door, they said, the theme of the party is people Hugh thinks are mad. Oh, my God. <laughs> They'd only invited people he doesn't really like. Oh, oh my God. It was, the, it was the best party I've ever been to. 
Um, but oh, oh, the last question, Josh. Do you want to ask yes. it? So we always end with the same question, which is uh, uh, based on Matthew Crosby um, passing on a message to his wife who listened to the podcast. Oh. Is there anything that your husband does parenting-wise that annoys you that you haven't brought up face-to-face but were he to listen to this podcast? Oh, gosh. Oh God, this is this this takes this takes sort of passive aggression to a new level, doesn't it? It it always ends the interview on a weird note. Yeah. I think what's awful about me, guys, is that I have not kept any of my criticisms of his parenting to myself. So there's nothing <laughs> he doesn't already know about that. Oh no, you don't do it like that. The first four months when we were kind of like living in the dark, scurrying around, you know, no day or night, just sort of trying to all I was ever doing was whispering, if you do it like that, you're going to wake him up. If you do it like that, that's going to happen. Oh, no, 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 like that. that. That's it all the time. Horrible, horrible. He's very laid back, Steen, isn't he? That's that's the thing is he is very laid back. He's yeah, he doesn't kind of person... track back and defend when he, after scoring goals. Doesn't he? No. Oh, OK. Too well, then late. naturally, no, he doesn't miss it. Rob, I'm really glad that you've got something you've finally said to him. That, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There we go. That's, yeah, that's the message didn't for know. Steen. That's the message for Steen. So he doesn't want to track back and defend. Oh, no, I'm only messing. He gets yeah. called a big green bastard at football because he's he? massive and he always wears that green Australia shirt. Does he? OK, yeah. I'm going to start calling him a big green bastard. Sort around the house then. Yeah. <laughs> Just so he doesn't miss miss you guys. Yeah, fair sports enough. friends. Yeah, that's what I'll do. No, he's he's absolutely brilliant. He's um everything you'd want to, to co-parent with, really hands-on and funny and makes you laugh in those ridiculous times. Oh my god, the other day, you know you have like a shush app, like a shh, and it like goes shh all the time and kind of calms the baby. Yeah. I was so sort of stressed trying to calm the baby, and he just started dancing to the shushing app like as if it was techno. And I was so tired, it was just like the funniest thing that had ever happened to me. <laughs> so he does brilliant stuff like that, and that's why I don't tell him. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. Well, maybe that's, maybe that's a new thing we can do, the brilliant things that they do that we don't tell them. Yeah. yeah, we'll do yeah. The, do positive and negatives because you don't you don't find the time to give someone a compliment, do you? When you're in the middle of baby, um, looking after a baby, so that's no, a nice, no, Rose that's doesn't. a nice way to end. Look, Sarah <laughs> sorted out our format, Josh. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Perfect. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you I'm so much. I'm going to run through your your tour like I'm Steve Wright. Success oh, story, you. yeah, it's called Success Story. Hayes, Dunstable, St Albans, Norwich, Bexhill, folks in Tunbridge Wells, York, Sheffield, Crewe, Crawley, Coventry, Lincoln. Break for Christmas. Reading, Buxton, Middlesbrough, Nottingham, Leicester, Glasgow, Aberdeen, Stoke, Ipswich, Bath, London, Portsmouth, Yeovil, Guildford, Cambridge, Dartford. Leeds and Leeds, both in the same night. Northampton, Brighton, Oxford, Newcastle, Hull, Manchester, Birmingham, Dublin, Cork, Belfast, Aberystwyth, Cheltenham, Cardiff, Bournemouth, Colchester, Milton Keynes, Liverpool, Harrogate, and ending in Basingstoke. Lovely. You missed one Dorking gig, but... Um, Dorking, sorry. <laughs> you know. Did you Dor- follow that through? Yeah, 17th of... Uh... Did, were you singing along? No, I just... Uh, I, I Basically, I was like, nodding, and then when you skipped the 17th of November Dorking, I thought, oh, that's a shame, but he's done well. Um, but I thought I'd just <laughs> bring it up again. Why are you doing twice in a night? Different I venues. Look, no, it's a small venue. We lost. I lost my venue in Leeds, so we put in uh, two in a smaller one for the same. Oh, night. I see. I see. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Just greedy for Leeds. City variety Leeds. music halls are an amazing venue. It's though. lovely. Oh, it's yeah, great. really lovely. Yeah. Have a fun tour, Sarah. And um, thank you so much. Come back when you're sleeping, and yeah. we'll we'll play you clips of this and go. Can you remember <laughs> what this? Well, you know, like? I think we need to do that because it yeah. does get better. It always gets yeah. better, but yeah, it does. you need yeah. to hear it getting better from the person you thought it was really bad. Yeah, and I want to apologise if anyone is sort of getting ready, getting excited about their baby, and if I have been too negative. There's lots of good, lots of good. 
Lots of good. At <laughs> some point within six months, your husband may dance to the shush app in a techno way. Yeah, and that yeah. 13 seconds of laughter will live with you forever. That'll keep you going. It'll be yeah. enough. Yeah. Thanks, Sarah. That was brilliant. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sarah. That was great. Thanks, Thanks so thank much you. for doing Bye. it. Thank you. Bye. Sarah Pascoe. You know what I'm doing during this outro, Rob? Yeah, you just done a yoghurt, haven't you? I've just, I've just taken a bite of yoghurt. That yoghurt been there for an hour. I know, but what am I meant to do? It keeps... Is it warm yoghurt? What flavour? It's coconut yoghurt. Coconut, <laughs> just anything in it or just coconut? Yeah, I've got uh, flaked almonds, chia <laughs> seeds... Yeah. ...and um, flaxseed. What's, ch- what's a chia seed? I don't know, Rose put it in. <laughs> Did she make your yoghurt? Well, she's doing one for herself. She makes your yoghurt? She didn't make my yoghurt. Where's my yoghurt, Rose? <laughs> I've got to go and record. Where's my yoghurt? My yoghurt. Oh, Gary, up with my yoghurt. Get some flax seeds on there, Rose. Um, that was really good, that. that. Yeah, I love Sarah. She's brilliant. Closing in on national treasure status. Go and see Sarah Pascoe on tour. Buy her books. She's absolutely lovely. And uh, if you see Steen in the street, tell him to come back to football. We're low on numbers. See you later. Bye. Bye. 